This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. Okay, so let's start with where many of us have been exposed, first exposed to the black sheep of our own, you know, particular family system or whatever. Um, yeah. If, if you're familiar with this term, maybe we just, if you're familiar with the term, you probably already know what we're talking about. Um, I, I'd be hard pressed to find someone who's not familiar with the term black sheep, but you know, it's like the member of the family that is shunned and othered and kind of like used as a cautionary tale of the person who went off the deep end and betrayed our family and whatever myriad of other bad things that your family wants to project onto that person as all the things that our family isn't is what this person is. And that's why they are now no longer, you know, part of our cohesive unified sense of identity. Right. That, that's who the black sheep of the family is. And so growing up, many of us probably had somebody like that. That was the black sheep of that particular family. Right. I think of like, there's this, there's a, there's a lot of shame that they place. They, they shame them, right. They shame this like person of like something occurred. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we're little, we don't get the full story, right? We just get this like random, oh, there was a fight or there was a fallout. And, you know, we just don't talk about uncle Jerry. Yeah, exactly. You're you're a kid. There's some sort of story. And when you're a kid, you, you know, they'll say like, oh, it's, it's really complicated, but all you need to know is there was a really bad fight one day and then he never came around again. Yeah. Right. He's not invited here. Yeah. Yeah. He's not allowed here. Right. And, or here's the, here's the tricky part. You get two narratives. It's we made a hard rule that we don't let him here Mm -hmm. or they actually do it more insidiously and they lie to you and say, Oh, but he's never going to come back and he's never going to be around and he's never going to give you a birthday present. Yeah. He left us and he doesn't want anything to do with our family anymore. And it's definitely his fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like that definitely happens like a lot. Right. Or they're, they're coming off as troubled. Right. I, I mean, I think about like family dynamics that someone's trying to be mm-hmm. on a journey to their own authentic self. And that does everyone pause the journey to the authentic self is pure chaos. Many mm-hmm. times it's not always chaos, but many times that people are doing this, it's chaos. It's someone journeying off alone, making some random decisions that nobody understands. And it looks like you're abandoning like your big group and it looks messy. Okay. And so many yeah. times this black sheep can happen when you're starting that journey to the authentic self, because it starts looking like choosing things that your family doesn't norm for you or choosing different paths that are confusing to your family. Or maybe if we're talking religion, you're starting to go to a new church or you're talking to new people or you're exposing yourself to new ideas. And that, what is that? It threatens the family right. yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think like, and, and in some family dynamics, the black sheep isn't always like hyper demonized. Sometimes it's more pitied. Oh, that Mm. poor person. They, yeah, they just kind of lost it one day. And then like, I don't know, like they just, we've never heard from them again. They don't come around, you know, like, and it's more of like this, like sad pity thing of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's just something wrong with them. We don't really know, you know, like, so sometimes it's like a lot of like vitriol and kind of like, oh, they're, they're terrible. And like other times it's like that weird, like pity thing. Um, but yeah, but whatever it is, you end up hearing about this person regularly. Like they get brought up as like, like I said earlier, kind of almost like a cautionary tale or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, I also think about, it does say something to um, analyze how people frame the black sheep, like sit with that for a second, because I, I think about how we're introduced to differences and, um, 
people that are not aligned to our ideologies. Okay. So I grew up in a really religious home. Okay. And so if someone was like outside of that religious realm of normalcy, right. Which by the way, I was raised in a religion that had some interesting, (laughs) we had a lot of rituals that were also like where they were normed for us, but they were very interesting to other people. So it's this concept of, I, re- I don't even know if this is like a direct paraphrase, but I have this like theme of like anyone who was like new agey, like, mm. oh, they're into like sun, like bathing and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we would always, and moon I'm not saying bathing, this, right. Moon ba- or whatever. And I would sit here and I'm not talking about a direct family member, but it's interesting if this happens in your family, it's like the way it's being described is this is just all wrong. Like all of their perceptions of their reality is just so off base and so just, oh, they're just so detached from like what they're saying is our reality. Yes. Yes. Not reality. They're so detached from our normalcy. Correct. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly what it is. And so that's why like it they might not, you might not even ever hear the phrase black sheep. Like it's very rare that, you know, in your family, they're going to be like, oh, they're the black sheep of our family. Like sometimes they do. Sometimes they'll just outright just be like, oh yeah, they're black, they're black sheep. But typically it's not outright like that. It's usually more just like this other person that's like, they're just so different. And sometimes that different is like bad and dangerous. And it's, you know, it's kind of framed as like, really, really bad and scary. And then other times it's just like, oh no, they're just weird. And we, we just don't understand them and they don't understand us. And we can't really be around them because of that. Um, but then it's the mocking too. Like you got to remember so much. Yeah. There's a lot of mocking mocking. Yeah. So we also gotta, we also gotta remember like the way, why is the black sheep talked about so much? That's what's so funny is I'm like, why do you bring it up? They bring it up so much. Right. It would be like if the black sheep was into astrology or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And someone says, you know, um, you know, I should call up uncle Jerry because he'd probably want to know our signs or something. Right. Right. Like you're saying it in a mocking way. Like Mm -hmm. they're so dumb. They're so Mm -hmm. out there. And like, we think they're so stupid and you should too. So like laugh with me. I think that's one of the reasons. So like mocking, you're saying, why do they bring it up so much? And like, why do they mock? And it's because it solidifies, it is a tool for solidifying this identity. Exactly. The more, the more tools you can have to continue reinforcing, this is who we are because we're definitely not that it's, that's what it is. It's a tool. The the only reason to other someone else is to reinforce your own, where, where do, where does our identity begin and, and end, right. And it ends there. If you start getting into that stuff, you're no longer part of this group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I also think it elevate. It tries to elevate a, like they're othered, but we're also above them, right? And so it's interesting to think about like why we do this. And I actually think this is a good core concept for us to think about when we're doing unlearning work. Is if I have to elevate myself, and the only way I do that is to other and degradate somebody, like literally push them down, then Mm -hmm. that's speaking to my own insecurity of why I believe that. Okay. Because if I sit here and I go, I I'm trying to like, like, it's probably helpful if we think in examples or something, but Mm -hmm. if I'm sitting here saying like, I don't know, I know we use football all the time. What's a good example. (laughs) What's a good example. That's like benign. Uh, we're a dog family. We're dog lovers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, that's good. So if I sit there and I'm like, I love dogs and they're so, they're like literally the perfect pet. And then, you know, we do, you know, like, you know, Sally does own cats, but like, you know, it's gross. Like it's gross. Like litter yeah. in your home. That's disgusting. Right. right like, right. like, is that necessary? Like really, really do we need that in our homes? No dogs are so much more, you know, cleanliness and like all this hygiene is so much better. Right. And I sit there and I'm like, okay, you can be a dog family, mm-hmm. but what you're doing there is you're elevating your thought process 
by degradating somebody else's love and passion. Okay. That is showing me that you're insecure and you're not elevating your own thought from your own convictions. You're elevating your thought from someone being wrong and you being right. Okay. So when we see this in families, this is why it's so important for us to break it down. When you see that in families, it speaks to a shakiness Mm -hmm. in the core. So they're like, uh, I mean, we we could be right about our, our religion, but we got to like make them feel crappy about theirs. So like we feel better about ours. And I'm like, you're either convicted and it's unshakable mm-hmm. or you're not convicted and you're only elevating your own conviction from degradating somebody own, somebody's somebody else's belief. Yeah. And it speaks to like uh, what your it, it speaks to levels of like emotional intelligence and emotional maturity really, because when you have like not fully developed those capacities within yourself, it's much easier for you to be unified against something rather than unified for something. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's easier to hate than it is to love, which Mm. is really sad, but it's also really true that like group think is much easier to like very quickly think of like, I'm using like a spinning motion. I'm like visioning cotton candy. Like it's very easy to like swoop everyone together real fast and whip them into a quick unified frenzy over something that they are against Mm. much easier to unify that rather than how to get people to feel cohesive and they are cohesively for a particular value or identity or whatever it is. Mm. And that's because being for things rather than against things allows for so much more nuance Mm. and you have to have higher levels of emotional like maturity to be able to allow for nuance. So if we are, you know, a family who loves dogs and we are all for dogs, there's nuance because even within that, you can have varying levels of dog lovingness. Mm -hmm. You can be the person that is, loves every single kind of dog and loves, especially the mutts and the rescues and whatever. And then you can also have people that are, well, I, I do love mutts and rescues, but I have a specialty, a special love for collies and I raise border collies. And then this other person, you know, I, I really only like small dogs. I really only like lap dogs, but I do love dogs. I am a dog. Like these are all under the umbrella of loving dogs. And it's more nuanced than if every single person here was like, one person came in with a megaphone was like, yeah, but what about cats? They suck. Right. And then all of a sudden all these nuanced people can very quickly unify and go, yeah, cats suck. And now they're all the same, yes. even though within their actual identity, they're pretty varied and nuanced. Different. Yep. It's so much easier to feel like very quickly, like tribally united. If there's something that you're like against. Right. So it actually happens. And this is what we talk about. This black sheep thing happens in families. It also happens in collective systems. It happens in cultural groups It happens in specific. I mean, look at what we're seeing in the, in the media and all of the violence. Like when we see like this collective and not that this is always wrong, like it's good to like unify against like things that are wrong, but it's this concept of like, it's easy to collect like in a culture, like for, you know, it's hard to have that nuanced conversation and be like, Hey, where's the, like, there's these middle grounds instead of just being like all or nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part when we talk about black sheep, because it's like, well, what we're really curious about is why this person got othered. Why is this person another? What did we not get if we were children when this happened? Okay. So like, we're going to give you a couple of different scenarios, but like, we're going to walk you kind of through, like, if you grew up with this, why is this person othered? When you were a child, what information was withheld Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what are the nuances that were purposefully uh, omitted? 
Okay. So for example, when you see a lot of like teenagers, right. That like leave their house and they're like, Oh my God, they left the religion and they left the, they said they were, you know, bisexual. Like, what is that? And like all of these things. And you sit there and you're like, Oh, they were othered and you're a child. You're like 12 and you're seeing your adult or sorry, now like, you know, young adult sibling get othered and you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, like, you know, leaving the house really early is, you know, that's wrong. And, you know, just not talking to mom and dad and that's wrong and sit there and you realize like, you know, years later that your sibling was in a deep depression and was trying to find themselves and nobody would listen to them in the family. And they, they were othered because nobody had the capacity to hold space for them. And you hear that and that's the nuance, right? And so if that got solidified when they were like a young adult, and the, and the parent literally did not have the emotional skills to actually hold space for their nuances of their children, that otherness can last. So the otherness that yes. happened like at 18 could possibly be sustained until early 20s. And this is where you hear, oh yeah, I haven't talked to my parents in like four years. Right. And you sit there and you're like, wait, what? Wait, what? Like, what? Wow. Like, that's a lot. And you... And a lot of people say that kind of just like whimsical, like, yeah, I haven't talked to my mom in a few years, like whatever, right? There must be something under that though. Yeah. There must be a story. Yeah. There must be pain. There must be lack of processing, possibly on the other, but on both parts, possibly, right? Mm -hmm. Some people may have already processed it on their own. I don't want to like speak in huge generalizations. But if you were the black sheep, you may have processed like why it happened, what, what, what occurred, who's able to hold space for you and why it's occurring. Right. Or you could have just shut it down being like, I'm othered. I don't get to process that. I'm not going to go back into that family system. Right. And so we're really talking about a lot of unprocessed pain when it comes to all systems involved in black sheep, right? The actual black sheep the precipitator, the person that precipitated that black sheep otheredness, Mm -hmm. and then the collective system that was influenced by Mm -hmm. that dynamic. Mm -hmm. And earlier you said something about there being kind of like this all or nothing thinking. And I was realizing that that is how you get black sheep is because typically there's maybe like one or two actual like aspects of you that are dissonant with that family or system and the family or system can't tolerate the dissonance. So your whole being gets othered. So Mm -hmm. rather than saying, oh, we have a different view on politics, or we have a different view on dogs versus cats, or we have a different view on what, like it's, oh, you're, you're wrong. Mm you are uh, your wholeness, your everythingness. There is no nuance to who you are as a person Mm -hmm. or who we are as Mm -hmm. people or even a family. And so therefore, if you are not all in agreement and every aspect of who you are in your identity with our identity, if any part of it varies, then all of it might as well be varying. And that's how you get fully, fully othered. Um, but And it usually comes down to, we were talking about this uh, earlier. There's usually like, when they talk about that other person, there's usually like that one story or that one event, right. Of like, and that's when it all, that's when we all knew or whatever. Right. It's like, remember, yeah, that picnic of 96, man, like, and he flipped over that table and screamed at mom and then stormed out. And man, that was crazy. Right. And it's like, it's always like this one event or one argument that gets kind of like pinpointed as like Mm. the reason why they left or were kicked out or whatever. Right. And I, this speaks to a very deep wound for people, but if you are, I mean, you guys know that some of my specialty is like toxic recovery, narcissistic abuse and all of that stuff. But you have to remember that if we're in toxic systems that actually do have some of those traits infiltrated, not everybody who has narcissism has the disorder. It's sometimes traits. Okay. So keep in mind, there's a lot of nuanced conversation here, but if this family that we are talking about has some of these toxic traits, okay, there is something called reactive abuse 
and some of you are familiar with this. So this might be like, you know, repetitious for you, but there is something called reactive abuse. And if you are in a narcissistic system, okay. And black sheep is either about to occur or it's starting to happen, right? That one story, and I'm not going to say this is foolproof. There can be nuances here, but many times that quote unquote story is actually reactive abuse Mm -hmm. or reactive syndrome symptoms from a narcissistic system that the threshold has been met. Okay. So what I mean by this is reactive abuse. And I say that kind of with even hesitancy, because I know that that's what it's labeled on in the psychology world, but it's, it's a reactive like syndrome from it's a collective of symptoms from narcissistic abuse. Okay. So it's, it's like you have met your threshold. Okay. There is constant toxic, insidious themes, patterns, thoughts that have been thrown at you Mm -hmm. constantly trying to curb who you are or curb who you are constantly trying to like pick nitpick, poke the control Mm -hmm. and control. Okay. And so you're at the picnic and you say for the last time, mom, I will not be at Christmas service. I will not do that anymore. I told you many times, I will not do that. And then she says, well, then I never want to see you again. Okay. And you feel this huge rage over you Mm -hmm. and you push the table to the side or you throw the can of soda into the brick wall or something. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, (gasps) Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's the solidifying because you have reached the threshold. And I'm not saying this as excuse, like, I don't want to excuse scary behavior because it is scary. And people do get scared when something like that happens. Okay. I don't want to excuse that, but we also have to listen to the nuance of that event. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were attempting to integrate into the family constantly. I'm using like a religious example, but it can happen with anything. Okay. And you constantly tried to assert yourself. You constantly tried to say, I am a different person than this family. This family has a different system than I do. And I'm not part of that specific system, but you're collectively saying that I am that person that doesn't, you know, if I'm not religious, then I'm not part of the system. And so when you flat out rejected me, I realized that was the moment I can't be a part of it. And you flat out solidified it by saying, don't come back and emotions flared. And that is when I reacted. Okay. So this whole time for years, you never reacted like that. And so why reactive abuse is so important is they take that one instance and they inflate it and they say, do you see how she acted? Do you see how she's just like, off the chain and she doesn't have control over her emotions and see, this is exactly why she needs to be, she needs God and she needs to be prayed for. See, this is why I tell her, you know, she's welcome back if she welcomes into the fold, right? It's that concept of like, you are being like pinpointed by that one reaction and nobody's listening to the nuance behind it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and typically when we, when we dive into those events that are, you know, hush, hush talked about with hush tones within the family, um, especially if you weren't there and, or you were too young to remember, or you're too young asking about it, you know, why, why, you know, don't you have a brother? Like, why, why is not uncle so-and-so ever come? And like, oh, well, we can't tell you everything. Cause it was, you know, you're, you're too young to know, but just, just, just so you know, like he is a dangerous person and he just cannot be around us or whatever. And then maybe you get a little bit older, whatever happened. Oh my gosh. And then you might give him a little more details, but remember, like you're only really getting a very kind of like curated specific version of a story um, that very often is lacking all the nuance, um, that might have actually happened. And even if you were there, like you still also might've been too young to really kind of like grasp exactly what it was you were seeing. Um, and then afterwards as adults tried to explain it to you, they 
probably again, you know, if they're in the fold and they're part of the, the white sheep part of the family, then they're going to, you know, frame it in a way of like that person is the, is the incorrect one, Mm. um, for the way that they acted. And so that is, you know, I mean, we could go on, there's like so many examples, but like, I think just, I think as far as understanding, like how to identify what happened with the black sheep and how it happened in the first place, just typically understanding that usually there is a lot of like buildup and nuance leading up to it. And then once it becomes clear that this person isn't going to integrate or reintegrate into this, whatever identity it is that they have to be in order to be considered part. Um, once it becomes clear that they aren't going to do that, then the black sheeping begins. And sometimes it can take a little bit of time for it to fully be solidified that like, oh no, this person is definitely not one of us. And sometimes it is quick and it's, it's really just like very quickly that person, it becomes the other. Um, so now, so now it happens, right now you have the black sheep. Now they're, they're in the dynamic somehow or another in orbit and they get talked about as the cautionary tale, they get mocked. Um, what's really sad and insidious is sometimes when their name itself becomes an insult. If you are now a teenager and you're being having a a day where you're just not agreeing with your parents or whatever, you got into a fight and they literally spew this person's name at you as an insult. Um, okay, Jerry, right? Mm. Like say, say it was Jerry. Sure, Jerry. Why don't you just walk all over me? And all of a sudden you're being literally called by the name of the black sheep of the family that you were cautioned against your whole life. And all the implications are there, which is that you're now following in that person's footsteps and you're acting like them. And I now identifying you with them. And if you carry on like this soon, you're going to end up just like them, which is on the outside. And that is the threat. That's threat, right? It's like you think it's innocent. Oh, okay, Jerry, right? It's like there's the mocking, there's the link to the black sheep, but that is a low key threat. It's saying you might become him if you act like this and do do with that as you may. Like it's like, do you see what I'm saying? It's like, so you're sitting there and then it's like a, it's an activator, right? People don't understand. Like when you realize, oh my God, no, I can't be him. Right. And you're sitting there and you're trying to what, I don't know, speak your truth, mm-hmm. try to connect, try to explain your, like what's going on in your story to, you know, your parents or to your siblings or something. And you realize like they're weaponizing this person that got othered. And then you're sitting there and you're like, So anytime I speak my truth, I'm apparently this black sheep that tells you something. Mm -hmm. It is information. How many times have we said this on this podcast? It's everything that we are interacting with in a relational dynamic can be extrapolated into new information Mm -hmm. about how we can either proceed or disengage. And so we sit there and we go, okay, so we just had this fight. I got called Jerry, right? And why did I get called Jerry? Because I was speaking my truth? Mm. Because I was attempting to be autonomous? Because I was attempting to be clarifying who I was? And so why would that be linked to Jerry? Yes. And now all of a sudden you're going to go, maybe I don't have the full story about how Jerry became Jerry. Wait a second. Exactly. Yes. And then that's when you might go and reanalyze that situation and see if you can dig into some more nuance and truth about what really happened. Um, and so, and, and the thing is like, I feel, I feel like I would, you know, I don't want to like lead people down the path of black sheeping. I'm not trying to praise it and be like, Oh, we should all be black sheep. It's the best thing ever. Cause like, we don't want that, right? Like we, we do want people to have healthy dynamics within their families. And so maybe there is an opportunity for healing. If you start to see this process 
happening and you feel like maybe you are on the receiving end of people starting in your family system or, or group system to other you, maybe there is an opportunity for you to be the one to provide some nuance and say something as simple as it's okay. If we disagree about this, like we can still be siblings. We can, I, I I'm still your kid. Like it doesn't mean we have to end our relationship. So that way, at least from your end, you are bringing nuance. Mm -hmm. And then we cannot guarantee that the other people on the other end of that relationship will be able to provide the same thing. We can't guarantee that. Um, but I, I don't want to sit here and say like, yeah, I'm not, we're, we're not trying to push you to be a black sheep. We're just saying that, like, if you're starting to see this dynamic happening, um, to look at the nuance and sometimes being able to understand that and provide that at least on your end can provide some healing to the situation. And it's possible that the other people on the other end of that relationship might go, I never thought of it that way. I guess it is okay for us to disagree about this. And these dynamics often take a lot of time and patience to get to a healthy dynamic. Um, but that was something I wanted to say. I wanted to maybe talk about that dynamic there. Right. It's, it is, yeah, there's no glorification of black sheep. It's, it's, a, it's extremely painful. This is mm -hmm. extremely painful. And so for anyone who can relate or they're curious about the black sheep that they have in their family, I also want to like hold space for a second because it's not always from this emotional dynamic. Some people actually have black sheep and they labeled it in a different way. Like someone's very much harmed the oh, family or there's been, like, something criminal that happened and like, they really need to keep the family safe. Okay. I yeah. absolutely understand if that's how you've labeled black sheep, that's very different. But what we're really talking about is that like emotional dynamic in this family system that has like created the otherness. And that's why we're saying no, like, absolutely. We would not want our listeners to become this black sheep. Mm -hmm. And we can't negate, like, we can't neglect the fact that this happens actually pretty often because it doesn't get labeled. This is why it exactly. sucks. We don't yes. always actually have that label placed on us. So it's this very vague feeling of how come every time, because I know we've been speaking up until this moment as though it's actually completely removed, but you can be that black sheep and have and still be. Oh yeah. And like, still be in relationships and like yes. attending family events and things like that. Oh, Absolutely, definitely. Because definitely. if anything, we do probably need to spend some time and we're going to do this right now, but spending time with what does it look like to be the other and low key still interacting with the family? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know a lot of the times we think black sheep is like, no, 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 it's completely removed. But I'm like, yeah, but in a more cruel way, they're not removed in a family system that is kind of in a in a more insidious, cruel way yeah. where we're going to keep the little rat to play with as the cat. Mm -hmm. We're going to play with it while it kind of tries to run away, but we're going to bring it back and yes. it's going to fidget. And then we're going to bring it back and let it run and then bring it back. Like it's it's almost more cruel to have you lingering in a family system where you're othered, but still in this odd circle of the fold. Okay. Yeah. And so when we think about what that feels like, I don't know what we want to call that gray sheep. Ooh. Yeah. Let's do it. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. New term. Okay. I'm sure it's out there, by the way. I always sit there and sure. I sit there and I think, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I'm sure it's out there. But yeah. Okay. But if you sit there and think about the gray sheep, it's like you are at the family meal, but you're basically being neglected being your presence is just sort of tolerated yes. tolerated your presence is just sort of tolerated and you're typically like at the events but also um like this is during the events and also just in general like in the life dynamic amongst the family is like you're just receiving less warmth in general mm -hmm. less prioritization um less preference. Like you're just kind of vaguely in orbit and you just kind of mm. sit there. Like, am I, why am like, does, what is happening? Like you might feel sort of invisible. 
Yeah. People might just be kind of like weirdly, like more, um, abrasive to you than Mm. to other people. And that's what I mean about like the warmth. Like it's not like, especially in certain dynamics where like image is very important. Um, you might be getting like a lot of like really like fake courtesy from people, but you're sitting there and you're like, you can tell, like you, you grew up in this family. Like, you know, that you're being treated like weirdly, like they don't talk to people like that. Like here's the potatoes or whatever, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm just like coming up with a weird, but like with everyone else, they're like super like cozy and like buddying up and cracking jokes. And then when it's you, it's like, so yeah. And it feels very obligatory to have to talk to you. I don't know. I'm coming up with like a million different ways. Cause there's a lot of different ways oh, that yeah. the gray sheep gets treated. But I in, actually, in I, yeah, I love what you said about, um, how in families where appearances are so highly valued that like, we need you for the family picture. Like that's such a, that is, that is so true. I mean, think about it. Okay. Uh So if it's like, I can't, I don't have the luxury to black sheep you. So we're going to gray sheep you. And you're going to be like on the outside, everything hunky dory. Right. So like, we're talking about adult children of like, you know, these, these toxic families, what's happening is like, Oh, well, how's uncle Jim? And you're like, he's just doing his thing. You know, he's always kind of always been that outlier, but he's still around, you know, like, yes, still sticks around. Right. And it's like, you're not valued, like you're not valued in the system. Right. And so it's like, but you're also a placeholder because you're either the child or the sibling Mm -hmm. or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But you're the placeholder. So it's like, okay, but like it's Thanksgiving. So it's our family picture. And then we do Thanksgiving because this is our Christmas photo. So like, you have to be there. And so post to the picture and then we'll get the mailers out in the next two weeks because our family picture will be for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I sit here and I go, this is a hard one. Okay. Because as a gray sheep, okay. I don't want to say there's more freedom, but when you're black sheeped, you're not having to like observe that you're not having to endure that. Yes. You are really in a lot of pain. I do not want to negate that pain. There is a lot of pain from rejection, grief, loss, loss of connection, loss of integration, so much loss. So please let me speak to those who have been black sheep. I do not want to negate that. This is a, not a trauma hierarchy thing. I just want you to understand there's different takes of the pain that will be coming from different scenarios. So the black sheep kind of has that removal from the constant interaction, but there's a lot of pain. Gray sheep, they're constantly having to observe that otherness and be in that othered space while interacting with the toxic system. And it's so insidiously fake. Mm-hmm. That you do have that moment, which you just spoke to CA, where you sit there and you're like observing, like, wait, but like, why am I here? It's really, really hard. And how many times can you endure that before something has to give? Either you call it out or you just stop showing up because you feel so unvalued. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about, like, what would happen if I just didn't come? And realistically people in that family system would probably feel relieved that they didn't have to do the faking around you anymore, but then whoever's running the show is going to have to get dramatic about it and be like, well, they have to be here because of the picture and they're calling you up. Why aren't you here? Why aren't you here? And then it's going to turn to this whole drama and then could quickly turn into an actual black sheep scenario at that point. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it is hard though, when you're sitting there as the gray sheep and you're like, how long am I supposed to endure this? Like mm. before I say something. And so, and that's, that's where part of our podcast kind of comes in, which is like, how do we unlearn those dynamics? Um, if you are the one that is the gray sheep in that situation, how do you advocate for yourself? And then, um, maybe you're, maybe you're kind of one of the people you're not a direct like perpetrator of gray sheeping someone, but like you see it happening to someone in your family. Is there a place?
place where you can start to see that dynamic and go, wait a minute, why, why are we treating this person like this? Exactly. And maybe you can advocate for them or just reach out to them and start to shift that dynamic and be an ally to that person in some way. Well, there's a lot of power in sharing the story. Like there's reasons why we don't always like, have you ever thought about when you were just saying like, and in this case, I'm going to be talking about like the black sheep isn't you, but if the black sheep isn't you, have you ever wondered why you didn't get the full story? Like, why isn't the full story being told, right? Like, why aren't you actually hearing both sides of the story? It's very interesting because you hit, you hit on something where it's like, there's a reason why things are being omitted, why you're not getting clarity. And then it's like, you're, you're almost discouraged from getting the full story, right? It's like, I mean, you're always welcome to call uncle Jerry, but like, he's literally like, I I wouldn't suggest it. You know, he's probably going to hurt you just like you hurt me. Right. It's something like some, some kind of like, I'm going to push you away from the real dynamic and I'm going to push you away from the real story. Mm -hmm. Right. So part of responsibility of healing this, I'm not putting it on the other people that are involved, but genuinely, if you have a black sheep in your family, I would invite you to sit there and ask those questions. Like, do I have the full story? What is actually going on? Can I actually hold space for both sides? Can I honor the, the, can I honor that I may be biased? That's Mm -hmm. a huge humble moment for people. Mm -hmm. Because if you were indoctrinated from a toxic family system and you are now 20, 20, 25, 30, and you're sitting there and you're like, can I, maybe I should call uncle Jerry. And I need you to sit there and be like, you have been formulated to think a certain way. And sometimes healing doesn't always come in the form of perfect reconciliation. And I I have to acknowledge that because in some cases, reconciling that person back in any way is beyond, Mm. um, like, it's just not going to happen. Um, and maybe they really are unreachable and there's no way for even you as an individual to reconnect with them, let alone the family reconnecting with them. Um, but sometimes it's still worth it. I want to say sometimes (laughs) I would say, Oh, um, even if this is what I mean, even if like reconciliation and reconnection is not available as an option, it's still worth it to heal this dynamic, even just in your own mind and your own heart and your own psyche so that you don't carry on cycles like this Mm. moving forward in your generation or generations to come. If there was ever a black sheep in your family and you dig in and you see the nuance and there's no way to reconnect with that person at the very least, you now see things for what they are and understand the nuance of some of these dynamics. So that way you can hopefully prevent this from happening right. anymore. Right. Because I think you did, you're speaking to that generational cycle of like when black sheep occur. And that's, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, when you hear about like an uncle or a sibling or one of your parents' siblings or like one of, you know, a cousin or something, and you sit there and it's almost like it's looming that this could, this could possibly happen in our direct family system. And if you don't have a black sheep currently, there's this threat of like, don't become other, don't become other, don't become other. I'll be the person that they mock. I'll be the person that they criticize. I'll be the person that they, that they make fun of. Right. Like when we talk about sexuality, like if you hear for your entire life, this is important because it's pride month. If you hear your, for your entire life that like uncle or like, let's do it. That's keep doing uncles. I know. I know. Let's do it. Uncles. um, Uncles are not uncle. So aunt Susie, aunt Susie, like, yeah, like she, she, like, I don't even know what happened. Like she, she like met this woman and like, she lives in like France or something. And like, we don't even talk to her. Like, I don't even want to even know, like, it's so gross. Right. And you, you don't really know that she was like coming out, that she came out and that happened. And you don't really know. You just know that there was like a roommate situation and she moved out of the country. Right. And then you grow up and you realize, oh my God, she's a lesbian. Oh my God. Like they didn't ever have room for her. No one opened their home to her. Like she was basically having to live her own life and never got part of this family system. And then you realize if there is an even inkling of a differential of your sexuality along the lines of what your family normed, which most yes. likely is straight. Okay. 
if you are even having an inkling, there is a immense fear. This is why this is a psychological construct for us to unlearn. Because if there is a black sheep that has linked to anything, religion, sexuality, politically, right? Um, Like views on poverty, views on welfare, views on like anything, right? If there's any differential, if you have even the audacity to think that there is a different way, there is a immense fear of being other. Well, exactly. And that's why the black sheep is the cautionary tale, because now you're living in a family dynamic where you are surrounded by people who are capable of cutting off a family member who are capable of just carrying on their lives and not caring about this person. They're okay with the fact that they have a family member out there floating on an Island. And that's perfectly acceptable in their brains. And that is actually genuinely very sad and very scary. And so, and it's so subconscious, but you Mm -hmm. grow up in this dynamic knowing that these people are capable of literally severing ties with somebody that they once loved. I'm a person they love. They're capable of severing ties with me. You see what I mean? Like, and it's all subconscious, but it's just this messaging that happens over the years and the years and the years. And so you do, you, you start to realize at any time, any of us could be on the chopping block if we don't conform. Yes. And that's that's why we have to unlearn. (laughs) Yes. That is why we have to unlearn that dynamic. We have to allow space for differences and conversations and even argument. It's okay to have an argument. Like I think there's some families that are literally like so averse to arguments Mm -hmm. that even that is like, oh my gosh, no, you can't, you can't speak against, you can't disagree. You can't in any way deviate like you were saying. And so we need to start kind of like opening this up and like creating space within our family dynamics for individuality and disagreement and ongoing conversation. Maybe we don't get to a resolution. Maybe we say, okay, you know what? Let's put a pin in this. We still don't see eye to eye on it and that's okay. Let's keep talking about this another time, you know, creating all kinds of ways to add some sort of sense of safety to Mm. your, to your situation. And It's hard because sometimes it's genuinely not possible, but I think for a lot of families, it is. Mm. I think people are just unaware of the option. Well, here's where we do have to walk lightly because by doing this work and being immersed in so many different variants of what some of these toxic family systems look like, we cannot neglect the fact that there are some generational cultural traumas that have been so, so normed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like, I, I make the joke of like the Italian family that like everybody has to ask mom the permission to like date and they're like literally 45 or something. And I'm like, okay, so like nobody's, nobody's outside of this semester family. Right. Um, but like there, you know, there's the joke with like that, but it's not, it's not a joke because right. that means they're imprisoned by this like matriarchal construct of, we have to ask mom permission for everything. Mm-hmm. If we move, we have to ask mom permission. If we date, we have to have, ask mom permission. If we, you know, d- you know, bring any, like, it's just every dynamic is like controlled by that matriarch. And like, yeah. and I'm not saying this is all Italian families. I'm just giving <laughs> you this like kind of, you know, Hollywood vision of what it looks like, you know, but like as much as it's like kind of glorified and like kind of looked at with levity in media right? You think of like my big fat Greek wedding, or you think about like whatever, right? Um, And it's, it's just kind of like, it's levity, like, oh, everybody's like controlled by this one system. It's like, okay, but if this is cultural, this is where I think so much pain comes in where people say, I, it's a, it's a moment of, I have an authentic truth. Mm -hmm. I have an authentic self. I have an authentic thought that I know is mine. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I am in a family system that if I ever, because it's gotten so rigid and I, this is the thing is we, we, we spoke about it. Like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like there's movement in like, you know, you can bring up a thought and it's not maybe immediate, like an immediate alienation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are some families where it's not. Yes, exactly. That easy. It's actually like you say one thing, CA, you even hint. I actually don't like men. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm attracted to women. Mm-hmm. It is not a conversation. Oh, it of is. Course. I yeah. know. And this is why it's so hard. And I want to speak to this forever. Whoever is listening, if they are in a family system like this, this is why this is so, 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 so painful. Because remember, minutes ago, we said, we don't want people to seek being a black sheep mm-hmm. and sometimes it's can, unavoidable. We cannot negate or not mm-hmm. neglect. I keep saying negate. <laughs> we cannot neglect the fact that like, there are some family systems where when you genuinely try to advocate, when mm-hmm. we do the work that we're talking about up until this moment, when we do that self-advocacy work, we cannot neglect that there are some family systems where you even hint against the norm, there is a rigidity that is immediately met, which is so, so painful people. Like, I know that's painful. And this is why I don't want to just speak over you and say, oh, you know, let's open the dialogue and we'll say, you know, can't you see it two different ways, dad? And you're sitting there and you're like, (laughs) you're listening to us speak. And you're like, do you not understand that there is thousands, millions people out there that have family systems that can't even like have a whiff of their own authenticity? without risking being a black sheep. Right. And that's who I'm speaking to right now. I know that that exists. And this is why we have to actually ask ourselves, we don't want you to be alienated. We don't want you to be a black sheep. And sometimes if we are the generational breakers, if we are the generational curse, like enders, Okay. And what, you know, mm-hmm. lean into cycle the curse. If you want to, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cycle breakers, trauma breakers. Mm-hmm. If we want to break this rigidity, sometimes it looks like being the black sheep. It's unavoidable in it, some cases. Yes. It, yeah. It looks like some kind of severance or some kind of yes. line that never, ever occurred. Okay. And I don't want it to Mm -hmm. be like, I just want you to hear, it's not that you have to be, and this is why I speak very tenderly on this because I've heard so many dialogues about this, especially in the cultural realm. Okay. I am not the therapist that says, oh, your family has a toxic system, leave them. That is not the Mm -hmm. moment that is not healthy. That is not actually something that like it's not psychologically trauma-informed. You have to think about all of the nuances in the family before you make a decision that is very, very, very disruptive to not just the family system, but to you. So I take that very seriously as a therapist. I take what you say and your authenticity and the way you bring up that to your family system. I do take that seriously because there are implications from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this is why we're speaking to kind of various degrees of how this looks like. And this one is the most extreme. The one where if I even hint of my own truth, there is an immediate breakage. Yes. And if that's your system, you already know this. Like you very much know this. You're extremely aware of it. And so you are sitting there having this wrestling inside of yourself where you know you have this truth and you know, it's against the family's values or identity in some way. And so again, it turns into this, like this, like game of, of internal war inside your own self of like, how long can I maintain this mask to my family? Because I love them because I don't want to lose them because I don't want to be kicked out because I don't Like it's genuinely, nobody wants to be kicked out of their family, even if they disagree with their family's values. Like, that's the thing is like, I I think like we need to even acknowledge that nuance is like, if I'm, if I'm this person, right. And my family is all, you know, a certain way. And I discover about myself that I don't agree with that mentality. 
I still love them. They're still my family and I don't want to have to lose them. But I know the second I say this thing, that's the end. That's it. Like I will, it will be the rift. And so how long can I hide this from them before I crack on the inside Mm. and it spills out anyway? And so it's, that's what's very, very difficult. And I think when that happens, when either you lose your ability to keep asking, you hit your threshold and you say, I just, I cannot hide from my family anymore. I'm just going to have to come out and say it. And you've accepted what that means. You've accepted this means that they're going to kick me out of the house or they're going to do this, that, or the other thing in whatever way that they're going to other me. You accept that you have to, in order to even say that sentence out loud, you say it, the fallout happens just like you knew it would. And then is there still hope after that in these situations? And that's where there's going to be a million different answers to that. Cause there's a million different families out there. Right. And so, um, where does the hope come? Yeah. Sometime hope right. comes from creating your own new, you know, chosen family, found family, you know, amongst other like-minded people that are safe and accepting. And sometimes it's, um, you know, taking some time to let the family kind of cool down or acclimate and very occasionally certain members of that family might actually come around and agree to have lunch with you and, or agree to take that phone call. And it can take time to, you know, open up those lines of communication again, but it is possible. But I I do think primarily for very intense levels of black sheeping, where you know that this dynamic is not going to be safe to return to the main sense of hope typically comes from chosen family, found family systems, finding some other community of people that are loving and accepting and safe to be around. I mean, there's also hope in knowing that you're journeying deeper into who you actually are. Absolutely. And that and honoring and being at home in your own self. I think that is another one of the huge hopes and motivators for why somebody would like, why would you, you sit, you sit there and you think, why would you just keep hiding it? Like, why, why not just keep hiding it forever? Like you just lost your whole family. Like, why would you do that? And I think it's because unless you've experienced this, it's almost impossible to describe the relief, the utter relief that it feels like to actually feel at home in your own brain and body for the first time. And who knows how long to be able to know that, like you actually honored your authenticity and you allowed your authenticity to be in the driver's seat when for most of its life, you had to hide it away. Like there's so much relief and there's so much hope in just being allowed that sensation for the first time and who knows how long, if ever. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a big one for like that moment that you choose for the first time to be self-sovereign. You're, you're choosing your own path and you're walking for the first time, knowing that ideally you'd have, you'd have partners to walk with, but sometimes you do, you have to make that choice to walk away and knowing that someone's not going to follow you and exactly what you just said, CA, you're journeying towards the found family, toward the community. Mm-hmm. And this actually is a good moment um, that we want to share with you guys um, why we think it's so important and why hope towards a community is so important because CA and I talked about this a while for a while and what we realized is one of our passions, not only is to help you guys understand like strategies, but also to really connect with that authentic self, as well as those who are also on this journey. Mm-hmm. And we've been sitting with it for a while, because obviously this podcast has been in our heads for a while and we just got it started, but we realized that like, 
what we really want for all of our listeners is to find that community that they never had either when they first started journeying or maybe you are just starting and you don't have it. Okay. And so you're looking for people who are safe. You're looking for a curated community that people who are psychologically minded that can actually make sure the safe um, or the space stays safe. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what me and CA came up with is we are going to start a Facebook group that is devoted to just the community that resonates with unlearned. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be, oh, this is the unlearned community for the podcast. This is just everyone who resonates with this podcast. We are inviting you to that community to just journey Mm -hmm. there and find people there that are safe to connect with. Okay. Yeah. Cause we were talking about like, we really want a place where people can actually interact with each other and like really like get to know each other and have conversations amongst yourselves. Like on our social media pages, it's, you know, we, we love your presence there, of course, but that's the dynamic is different. It's like, you're commenting on, you know, content that we are creating, but that's not the same as like generating conversations amongst yourselves and bringing up questions and topics and, venting to people who get it, you know, like all of that kind of stuff where like you're going through your day and you just need to talk to somebody who understands like, that's what we want for you guys. Exactly. So what we are going to be doing is inviting you to the unlearned community on Facebook. And that's just easily found. You can just search it and it should come right up. Um, we are just getting this started. So be patient while it grows. And we will be trying to host some, you know, discussions on there in the next coming weeks, just for you to, um, join us. Um, you know, if you are listening to this in a year from now, uh, (laughs) you are still invited to the community. Um, we just are getting it started right now and we really invite dialogue. And, um, obviously because we are trying so hard to curate a safe place, we want you to come to that space knowing that this is an open dialogue. Like people are going to be vulnerable. People are going to be open. Okay. So Um, We just want you to know that that's the space we're curating for you. And we are really excited to kind of get that started. So just wanted to open up that with us. Yes. Join us. So speaking back to kind of wrapping up the black sheep concept, it's this hope that I think is really important because when you are othered, whether it's gray sheep or black sheep, when you are othered, it can be extremely lonely. Mm-hmm. It can be extremely lonely and that loneliness can be powerful. Okay. So I want to, I want to just speak to those who are scared, who have a lot of fear of, I've spent so much of my life living in a family already feeling lonely. Why would I choose complete otherness? Why would I, why would I, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Why would I keep that? Or why would I like precipitate that? moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And what we're really speaking to is our hope for you is that your family can hold space for you. And when you do show up authentically, our hope for you is that your family has some baseline tools of holding space and interacting without extreme all or nothings. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can hear, Oh, well, I disagree with you and I hear you. Right. Or I love you. And I am not in that same mindset. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that is holding space for the, you know, both and it's holding space for the gray. Okay. And we can acknowledge at the same time that some of these family systems that our listeners are a part of do not have that. It is a privilege. It's a psychological privilege to have that flexibility in your family. Mm -hmm. I hate to say that, but it is because some families, some cultures, they have normalized all or nothing thinking. Mm -hmm. And when you normalize all or nothing thinking, anytime you individuate, anytime you have that, it becomes a threat. And so then you have to choose. 
So what we're really, what we really want to leave you with is the hope that comes with community of found family, the hope that comes with journeying toward your authentic self. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why is that worth it versus the dynamic and the energy that you feel in the other system? Okay. The reason why we are sitting here saying it's worth it is because you're formulating for the first time and, and directing, and you are the captain of the ship. Now you are, you are the navigator of your own journey now. And you're the one who is making the choices Mm -hmm. from your own autonomy. And that is power. That is what we're speaking to the power of self direction, self sovereignty, And all of the power that comes with that brings you closer to that authenticity that we're journeying towards. Yes, absolutely. Nailed it. (laughs) So we will leave you there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or our individual Instagrams at recollected self and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work